Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Each week we interview our guests on how cancer has affected them and get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Nina Luker, a 24-year-old Division I athlete and co-founder of Women in Sports Tech. She is a stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor and has been in remission since July 2020. Hello, Nina. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Thank you. It is an honor to be a part of this. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Um, Yeah, I'm so happy you could come on. I like to always start with how we got connected. So Paige, I think mutual friends connected the two of you. Yes. So one of my friends, Steggy, knew Nina. And as soon as he heard that we had a podcast talking about how cancer actually fucking sucks, he was like, I have someone that I think would be perfect. She's such a sweetheart. You have to have her on the show, please. And he was so excited about it. Like, I've never I love that. like a guy. Guys are usually so chill and like kind of like not like not uninterested, but, you know, like. I just, he took it on so much on himself to get this connection going and to have this happen. So I just am so appreciative of him. Shout out to Steggy. Thank you for connecting us. Um, So yeah, that's, that's how that happened. And here we are. Love it. Well, thanks, Steggy. (laughs) Cool. Well, Nina, you are recently done with treatment, which is amazing. Congratulations. Uh, you just said you had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and you have a scan in three days. So yeah. I'm sure all the feelings are there. It'd be awesome to start with kind of the beginning of the story and how you figured it out and all that stuff. Take us. Yeah. In. Yeah. So pause me at any time. If we want to go deeper on this, I'll give us kind of a high level of the story and we can kind of dive into certain areas, but So I was diagnosed on March 11th, the day the World Health Organization declared us a pandemic. So my world world and the rest of the world turned upside down very quickly. And I was in my New York City apartment by myself. So I started to experience symptoms in January. Um, I was having just soreness in my body. I was a D1 athlete um, in college. So soreness is just something I'm constantly aware of and never concerned about. Um, And then it manifested into not just soreness, but like full body aches. I couldn't really walk around. I was just, um, I went skiing actually three weeks before I was diagnosed and was just like, I can't ski. Like I can typically ski and this something's happening. So, um, I went in about 10 days before I was diagnosed and I went into the ER because it had started to manifest into my chest. And I, COVID was happening and no one knew what was happening. So I then got some scans, got my blood work. There wasn't anything too concerning. They saw some discoloration in my bone marrow. And so this is a very interesting fact. My dad is actually in pharmaceuticals. He sells a drug for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, which one? Yes. So (laughs) my... 
I felt very equipped to have someone right. who is extremely aware of the disease, um, different, obviously, through non-Hodgkin's and Hodgkin's. But he was the one who was like, we got to take this a step further. And mm-hmm. I ended up, after the ER visit, going straight home to Pennsylvania, where I got a biopsy. My doctor, we had a follow-up with my doctor right after it, who said, we're not concerned. We're going to, we're just ruling this out. We're getting the biopsy to rule out some of the scary things. So I went, where did the biopsy, sorry, where did the biopsy come from? Like, did you have swollen lymph nodes or? No, I had not a single swollen lymph node. I didn't have any physical sign. They took it out of my um, back pelvis area. And they only took it there because I had gotten a scan a few months ago because of my hip was bothering me and they saw some discoloration and they were like, this isn't anything to be concerned about, but we see it. Mm -hmm. But we, and they don't, when they say see it, they didn't know it was lymphoma. Right. Right. Um, Something. So I got the biopsy, went back to New York city because I was like, obviously this is not cancer. He's not concerned. I'm not concerned. And then I remember walking home. It was the 11th and I came back to my apartment. I knew he was giving me a call and I saw the phone come in and I answered it. And the moment I heard his voice, I knew it was Mm -hmm. as if he just was like, hi. And I, being alone, my parents called into the phone call and he cut right to the chase and he said, you have cancer, it's lymphoma, and I just sank to the ground. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I, my whole body just stopped. Yeah. And so that was the start of how I found out where I was kind of my mental state was as anyone would be mm-hmm. that I couldn't comprehend it. And yeah. I was so lucky that my dad was able to ask questions and be calm yeah. in that moment when my mom, myself and my brother were just, we lost it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, it's so like, that's how my mom, my mom's a nurse and similar. I mean, I like just didn't hear anything. Like it was like, yeah, but I didn't have any questions. I was like, okay. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. No questions. Just full blank. Yeah. And how did they figure out it was stage four? And that's so crazy that you didn't have anything swollen. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's really odd that it didn't come out in any other form. So the only thing you felt was the soreness and it, yeah. Started in January, you said. So within two months, it must, I mean, maybe it was growing before, but like from what you, when you felt a symptom two months later, it had gone to stage four. That's so insane. that's the, the hard part is we don't know how long it had been manifesting right. in right. me. We'll never know. Mm-hmm. Now I had the soreness and I had two occasions of night sweats, only two. What? How do you remember? Because like, they were like, do you have night sweats? I was like, 
sometimes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> these these two night sweats were like, oh, they were what like the hell is memorable. happening? Yeah. 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 I, I just remember because I got them every night, but I thought it was hormonal because I've had the, that issue before. Yeah. Mine were to the point of, yeah, like you're saying, they're memorable in the sense that your dripping need to change. You're mm-hmm. like... And it's just, you never think that it means something this terrible. So, no. and I didn't lose weight. I didn't. So a lot of the symptoms are you drop weight, you have physical swollen Mm -hmm. lymph nodes. I mean, I truly like for me to be stage four, I had it in every organ and I had no idea. I PR'd on a Peloton bike the day I was diagnosed. Like, what the it's hell? so wild it's wild like I wild just, our bodies crazy. are so crazy our bodies yeah. are both incredible mm-hmm. vessels but at the same time can be the most challenging things to yeah. ever comprehend yeah yeah it really so, is unbelievable yeah, insane how it didn't come to surface so thank god they found it when they yeah. did it thank god and I, the moment I was diagnosed to the moment I was getting tre- treatment was less than a week. Mm. So I didn't have a minute to spare. I wasn't right. able to freeze my eggs. I wasn't able to put anything in order, start anything. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you're diagnosed and you're set up to right. start our chop in five days. Right. So it was a turnaround like, no other and you add covid where i couldn't have a single right. person in my doctor's visits i didn't have a single person in my chemo oh my treatment God. i was me myself and i as a solo traveler through my entire journey yeah okay so can you talk about that a little bit more cuz i don't yeah. think we've had we've had people on that did go through it during COVID, but you like literally started Went through the, the whole day. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like from start to finish. So can you mm-hmm. talk a little yeah. bit about like how you dealt with going to chemo all by yourself and doctor's appointments? Like, did you have a list of questions? Just all the things. Yeah. We had to, so we would prepare questions as a family. I would okay. walk in with my notebook. I would mm-hmm. FaceTime my parents in mm-hmm. to my doctor's visits. Mm-hmm. And I would be talking while they would be talking. So there was a way for us to integrate everyone. Mm-hmm. The hardest parts were feeling alone and sitting mm-hmm. in the waiting rooms and being scared. But in mm-hmm. terms of not having people in my chemo room, and this is totally a personal uh, piece of this, I really liked not having anyone. Because the last thing I wanted was to have to feel like I had to entertain or discuss or talk about things. I was so focused that I had, this was my job. I came in, there's no chit chat, put an IV in me, let's get this show on the road and I'm out of here. And I didn't need the person sitting next to me feeling bad for me because this is what I needed to get done and I didn't want to put anyone else through that pain so it actually was a somewhat of a blessing for me in terms of the treatment yeah yeah that's an interesting point of view that is true 
Yeah, I mean, the first chemo, like, I were you so anxious? I mean, I feel like everyone is. Like, the first chemo, you know, you see in movies, like, people, like, get sick and just are, like, vegetables, which really isn't the case yeah. most of the time. But yeah. were you scared the first chemo? And then after that, did it subside a little bit? or? Yeah, so I had about three allergic reactions to three oh, different geez. drugs that I had. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so I had a pretty severe first treatment. Um, part of the fact was my body was just like, get this shit out of me. You are yeah. not putting this through me. Right. And I had amazing nurses who knew exactly what to do and were watching me from start to finish because of each of these drugs have such a high rate of not reacting well to the patient. Okay. So oh, they were Hawkeyes. And as soon as the first treatment's done, your body actually is, doesn't reject them moving forward, which okay. I did reject them every time. But how oh they gosh. did it was they, so typically it takes like 46 hours, probably more on the four hour range to be administered my drugs. It took me average eight to nine because wow. of my, my veins would not, the speed at which the drugs come in, I couldn't take it fast. I had to be slow. So it was like uh, the most grueling nine hours. And how often did you get it done, the chemo? Every three weeks. So I had a pretty big chunk of time to recover. And I felt so fortunate because by the second week, I was, I was feeling great. Yeah. The first 72 hours, I was just nearly alive. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it hit me. Um, yeah. But my body recovered faster than I thought it would ever do. Incredible. Yeah. It is. Your body does surprise you so much. It really it, does. Like you're saying, you go from one phase of like, I literally feel like I'm dying right now. I don't think I can handle this anymore to... Oh, actually, I can maybe exercise. And yeah, it is. Yeah. And you feel like normal. you're like, yeah. am I doing something wrong? Like I'm taking, I'm like doing chemo. Am I supposed to be feeling okay? Like it's, yeah, it's I was like, really should weird. I be okay drinking with my friends outright? Yeah, they don't really tell you like, you might feel fine. Like you might actually feel normal. Like they don't tell you that. They tell you like the all worst. the bad shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I actually, I ran a 5k the um, 30 minutes after my first treatment. Oh my god! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So my friends wow. put on a relay race for me, a virtual relay race starting at 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I had about 30 people run a 5k every 30 wow. minutes until I was finished my chemo. And I wasn't planning on doing this, but at the end, they had finished and I had finished my treatment and I was like, I can do this. And I was like, I'm finishing the relay by doing my own 5k after mm -hmm. the chemo. Mm -hmm. And little did I know how much my body was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I can do this. And I did yeah. it. And I didn't do it any other time, but that was, my body was still Amen. like, 
Yep. <laughs> that's wow. incredible. Good for you. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty insane. I've like, never run a 5K like top. ever. <laughs> yeah. I've only ever walked one and it was not <laughs> while I was on treatment. It was after, like, I was fully done. Like, so, you. Also, I really resonate with what you said about the fact that going into chemos alone was maybe somewhat more peaceful. Mm -hmm. I did feel in some of my visits that I was just so tired and kind of wanted my own space. And if other people are around you, like obviously trying to like keep you upbeat and everything, there's a hard line. Like, I think I wanted people that I was very, very close to so that I could totally be myself. But sometimes if you have people you start feeling like you need to entertain them or be up when it just you're getting pushed with poison and it's very hard to have that face like I just wanted to lie down and be blah but it can be difficult with pressure sometimes yeah yeah pros and cons to both for sure I didn't have the other side so I never got to experience what it was like having someone in there so it was kind of like I don't know what I'm missing and I'm okay with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I know that's what a lot of patients I heard like during actually, like I've heard maybe one or two people who have told me their experiences right now going undergoing treatment during um, this pandemic, but they, for the most part, um, kind of said the same thing as you that they just didn't know what it seemed like any other way. So it was norm to them. Yeah. Right. That is true. Did you meet, but, how did they like do it? Like, did you meet other people that were going through? I'm sure they had to be so careful with, you know, like yeah. interacting. I don't know how your chemo room was set up either, but were they, yeah. Could you like meet anyone else that was doing, like doing chemo? So <laughs> no, I was, I was in my own little, either I had my own private room or I was in kind of like two cloth ways I felt like sometimes I was in a dairy farm and like each little segment (laughs) had their own person getting milked and I was like well here I go Um, it was a pretty depressing view to have but um, I didn't know I I didn't meet anyone that I could really connect with or Mm -hmm. see regularly it was very much an independent process Yeah. yeah Did you connect with other people that like virtually or, you know, meet other people that kind of helped through it? So I have a very contradictory viewpoint on this. So I started when I was first diagnosed working with a cancer group and these were people who had all gone through the process, but were not currently going through it. And I was brought in as the only person active in treatment and every single person had their own story and their own negative side effects and their own opinion Mm. on how things were. And it reflected my own perception on what to expect. So I then took their perspective and made it my own. And Mm. it was so much worse than just creating Mm. my own pathway and there were certain things that I liked learning and hearing about, but nine times out of 10, it wasn't positive. So yeah. I didn't want to take that. And I wanted to be super positive. So yeah. I stopped going after the third time and I, I, it was the best decision I made. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people have different 
experiences with that. Totally dependent on the group too. It is totally dependent on the group. I was going to say, do you think you would have had a different mindset about it if it were people going through it at the same time? Maybe. And we're trying to have that similar mindset of you trying to be positive and push through it. Then it might kind of support your way with that same mindset. But And I I did have one girl who was diagnosed with the exact same um, uh, cancer as me three days after I was. So we were each other's Mm -hmm. support system. I didn't know her personally. She wasn't in my geographical location, but we Mm -hmm. felt each other's active feelings and emotions and that was helpful I just struggled with having other people tell me what to think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah it's already in your head then at that point it's hard to get out yeah you're like great that's definitely gonna happen and the worst was we started talking about hair loss and they were like it's the worst day it's gonna be so hard it's totally changes your view so you go into that day of having yeah, that does suck. and you're like yeah. well this is supposed to suck but yeah I was lucky enough that yes it was tough but I had a friend of mine there my dad was doing it and I was just proud of myself and I was just yeah. like you know what this is what it is and I don't want to look at it and make this like the most and I didn't cry I mean, I cried oh a lot wow. of other times and I was yeah. just like, let's yeah. do this. And I'm, I, I'm so grateful for that. And I hope people can see that part of their journey is something that they are so incredibly proud of because mm-hmm. that takes bravery and yeah. it's not easy, but it's doable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was like, one of the hardest parts for sure for me during it all. Yeah. The hair. Um, it still yeah, is. I, <laughs> as yeah. I touch my hair right now, it's still, it is still an everyday battle. And feel you, girl. <laughs> it's, um, but you know what? Slowly but surely, I'm getting more and more confident with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only been a few months since you've been done and it's already, yeah. Like it's coming in so well. So totally. Thank you. It's, it's a little funky. <laughs> no, you're no, so rocking. So if you need it any is. like tips, I did adorable. so many like weird like I could just I had like twelve clips in it at once when it was like at that stage. You know, it's like I looked on YouTube too to like how to style it because I like. Have- oh, I'm gonna be looking you up and getting all those little. <laughs> yeah. How do you use the good gel that? We talked about on a previous. I did a pomade. Yeah, no, that actually looks cute. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have chosen it for myself, but I thought it looks yeah. cute. Amazing. This what it is. After the fact. Yeah. yeah. And so, after I know, I don't know if you are comfortable with sharing this, but I think this was something that we talked about when we first chatted on the phone about um, your dog and that, like truly moved me and um speaks volumes of how much yeah animals and dogs can really like sense mm. going on and and everything in that in that sense so yeah well I remember talking to you and just it was it's still such a topic that 
I can't even, when I say it out loud, I still can't believe it. But three weeks after I was diagnosed, my golden retriever, who was eight years old, was diagnosed with the exact same cancer. And within a week, he passed away. And I think of my entire journey and that I was diagnosed, I had started treatment, and then three weeks later, the literally the love of my family's life was this dog and he lost his battle and so death became something so real yeah and our entire family broke at that point and I have no idea how that turn of events came into fruition and there are moments where I'm like his passing was a way of taking my own cancer away from me and I I hope I can look at that but at the same time I'm like how and why that was so I posted an Instagram when I was first diagnosed and it was a picture of me and my dog and it said this is my sidekick he is going to get me through this journey and then I lost him three weeks later And I was just like, how can I lose the one just unconditional lover in my life? And I, um, we, we miss him. I miss him truly every day. He was a family, he was our family member and it was still so, so tough. I'm so sorry. That's horrible. Yeah devastating I didn't even know like when you told me that I was just beyond shocked because I always have heard that that can happen to dogs I just it's just amazing like couldn't believe the same yeah what an unreal yeah like I don't even know the word for it but yeah oh I'm so sorry that's so hard I know and dogs are I hate that dogs don't live as long as humans because they're like so much better no. Yeah. <laughs> like they just love just like you said unconditionally and like oh yeah they're everything they really are and yeah when someone is sick they can feel that they can yeah. shower right. you with just their presence and yeah. I just didn't have that for my mm-hmm. whole journey and I felt a piece of me missing for the mm-hmm. whole time yeah did you do any, did you and the fam, like, what did you and the family do to, like, honor him? Was there anything, like, special that you all did? Yeah, we, there were certain places um, where I grew up that we would take him, and we're a very active family, and so we took him for walks every day, and so we went to those certain places and had our own kind of mini services, and um, it, it was a topic, like, I like I still get so like choked up about and it mm-hmm. just shows like I can talk about cancer literally all day and I'll never cry I know I sorry never no, no, I just have never heard of like this is just yeah fashionable and really a unique situation yeah. like I'm so sorry you guys had to deal with this yeah it it hit us Oh man, it was the trifecta COVID cancer and the dog yeah. passing. I was like, all right, three is good. We're good. I mean, yeah, yeah it's Too really much at once. 2020 Please. is something else. Yeah. Were you able to, um, like, because of 
do you have to be extra careful? Do you still have to be extra careful, like with your immune system and COVID mm-hmm. and all that? How did all that work? Yeah, I had to be very, very careful during treatment um, mm-hmm. to the point where I was living in the bubble of yeah. my parents being scared, me being scared, my doctors being scared. And mm-hmm. so that was tough. Yeah. But um, now I'm in a tricky situation. So I've been experiencing night sweats the last two weeks again um, consecutively. And I had my scan scheduled mid-November and we bumped it up to next week, which is the first week of November. And so I'm in a state where I'm, obviously I don't know what's happening, whether it's come back or if this is hormonal. I mean, night sweats are just hard. I don't have any other symptoms. And my fear is, if I have lymphoma again, if I've relapsed, I don't have an immune function. Like lymphoma is your immune system. So even though I'm not right now immunocompromised because it's been three months after treatment and my my blood count and my platelets and white blood cells should be normal, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I am okay. So I'm just like in this fear state and I like it's the scariest thing ever it's yeah I can I mean yeah I'm so glad that they moved it up though for you for it to just mess with your mind that much too like waiting any longer both mentally also and physically is just the worst thing. So in three days, like they usually give back results the same day. The same day. Yeah. Experience, yeah. Right. So, so that's, that's great that you'll have some clarity on that. In yeah. Three. Yeah. It's such yeah. a mind fuck. And if it makes you yeah, feel any better, Nina, I had those three months after treatment when I was done, when my doctor was like, see you in three months, I had like almost all the same symptoms. Like my mind was really? literally fucking with me. I had chest pain. It was like one of those. So one of my symptoms was like when I breathed in, it really hurt and I was having it and it was gone during treatment. And then I was having it and I had some night sweats. I didn't have like this normal lymph of course, but it was clear. So that makes, gives you any comfort. That does give me because so much I really, comfort. I really was. And I was a fucking mess. Like I would call my mom almost every day crying. Like it's like, I was freaking out. So, you know, like, if that gives you any comfort, it's really normal for your mind to just like fuck with you. And, and my mind, I mean, anyone's mind can manifest anything. Yeah. Literally anything. Oh yeah. yeah. I had a dream last night. Like, like my situation is I've been having this nausea and this could be related to anything, but the doctors can't figure out what it is I've been having. And I talk about this, like literally in every one of my episodes and like one every episode we've had so far probably now maddie maddie's like oh my god here we go again no oh my god well i want you to figure it out it feels so bad she's she's the most supportive person i could go to and talk to about this because she gets the fact that your mind goes straight to that place like i've been having nausea for 11 months now they can't figure it out and now the doctors are like, we need to go look like we should do a brain scan at this point. Cause it's a pressure of something putting pressure on your sensory of nausea. And my 
thing was like, is it a tumor? Is it like, you know, you know, they always say with your history. And so um, I've been having nightmares every single night these days, like that. I'm going to be told that something is very, but I mean, it's normal for us. I think with it's really hard to deal with the fear. It's like yeah, so it's anytime really anyone, yeah. yeah. So don't like feel like anytime anyone tells you if they have when you've been having these fears, like since you've been having these night sweats. If anyone says like no, it's like your paranoia because of what happened, whatever. That right. is all though. That is so real. Oh yeah, it's so real. Paranoia, though, it's like that shit did happen. And you did not think it could happen. So right. anything is possible in your in your mindset at this point. So yeah. um, we get it here. Yeah, we truly You have get no it. idea how much <laughs> I needed to hear both of those things. I've been circulating like, oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, but no, that's totally. Yeah, it's, it's such a mindfuck. And I talk about this all the time, but like after no one talks about which is a big reason why we started this podcast is no one talks about what happens after treatment like mm-hmm. we're all just yeah. fucking scared and left by ourselves and like no one can talk to us about anything because everyone expects you to be like oh I survived like I'm so excited and it's like no now we're, we just got the rug pulled out from under us like what else is going to happen so mm-hmm. you yep. are the first person who has addressed that and I feel like I'm in this constant state of I need to be proud and grateful for surviving and doing it. And I am, but mm-hmm. I'm also flailing, like yeah. searching for air. Because I'm yeah. like, what yeah, the fuck am I supposed that. to do now? Totally. And yeah. how am I supposed to use my experience and make better and serve right. others and be this icon and TikTok's right. been amazing for me, but at the same time, my the spotlight is like extra on me. And I'm right, like, yeah. How do I deal with expectations of not only outside, but this internal pressure yeah. that I'm not it's enough? So true. So true. Because do you ever feel like, I mean, because this is what I feel like maybe I struggled with at some point and even now, is because if you put on such a strong face of being like, like all those things you just said, like proud, positive, like that it's all good. Like I got over it now. I'm fine. The problem, like I felt like I faced and it sounds maybe similar is that other people then see that as you and how you experienced it. So then they don't see the negative side of it, like the, how you're not okay with it. Yeah. Hard to not be okay with it. Because you already created this identity. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think the fact that we're all like, yes. Yeah. Right. Also, social social media is going to glorify just like it glorifies everyone else's life. It's going to glorify click cancer. And I did a very good job in being the peacemaker for everyone during my journey my parents my friends constantly reassuring them that I'm okay half because it made me feel okay but the other half was like I don't want anyone to stress out right little did the surface know that underneath all of that was an iceberg of fear and Mm -hmm. anxiety and it's still there 
and yeah. people only see the tip of the iceberg that I had portrayed my entire journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you have, I mean, of course, during it, you like, you, you want to be strong. You need to be strong. It's like, just, you know, I, I, I had, of course, days where like, it. yeah, yeah. And day, I had days where I like every day before the day before chemo, I'd always like have a breakdown. Yep. But then after, like, it'd be fine. I'd be okay. Yeah, I would, like, be, like, I don't even, I would just be, like, fuck this. Like, why am I going through this? Like, blah, blah, Yeah. You guys yep. know. Um, and then afterwards, it would be okay. And then, yeah, that's just that part. Nina, you are probably in the most difficult part that I experienced during all of it. Mm. And I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. It does make me feel better. Like, a yeah. lot better. Because I'm, like, why yeah. am I circulating? And, what, like, I look at myself, I'm like, Nina, be grateful you're alive. Like, why are you, why are you being like this? And I'm, yeah, there's this angel devil that's just constantly like, don't, you can't feel this way. Or yes, you can feel this way. It's just jumbled. No, it's like really kind of, it's really, it's crazy. Like, I felt the exact same way. And it was the hardest part. And after that first scan, I felt a lot better. Um, so, but I totally understand what you're going through. It fucking yeah, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, if you ever need us to really tell does. you about it, like this is what, yeah, I literally, my, I know my therapist would tell me because a lot of the times I would feel like I got pressure from the outside world to say it's okay. Cause if I mm-hmm. didn't, they're saying like, they're like, but it's all fine now. Like, don't have those thoughts. Like, it's fine now. Like, right. fine now. But my therapist was like, you need to guide the people in your life how to respond. And if mm, to hear true. it sucks, you need to tell them, can you just, when I vent, just say, yeah, it sucks, Paige. Like, yeah. it's Maddie, it sucks, Nina. Like, it sucks. And you don't need them to really respond with, because uh, I think like when we say these things, other people's natural response is like, let me try and uplift them. And yeah, it's so true. Like nothing. Yeah, and yeah. not until we have a discussion with three people who have gone through this, can I take solace in what you guys are saying? Like you're the only people that I can be like, oh, actually needed to hear that. Where other people are like, maybe it's hormonal, maybe it's the changing of yeah. seasons, and I'm like, no, just <laughs> the, stop. the change of seasons. I've heard that about so many things. Yeah. Like, it's anything you, Christmas to make you feel better. Like, <laughs> like, no, it's not seasons changing. It's the fact yeah. that I just had cancer. Um, yeah, that's now I'm having headaches. It's not that yeah. seasons changing. I'm also in California. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, which is like perfect weather year-round. <laughs> yeah. Same, same degrees pretty much all year. I don't yeah. really where the seasons are changing (laughs) that's not it yeah Yeah. I know it's so hard because they're trying to make you feel better but it is like yeah we just need to hear like it fucking sucks and yeah at some point it won't suck as much but it fucking sucks yeah Yeah. Yeah. and I think the, the longer you go down the road of being out of treatment um don't feel like you can't say it sucks still like I yeah. even mm-hmm. though it's gonna feel better as you keep going on, there are gonna be moments where 
you remember it very vividly and need that reminder that like, yes, I went through that and it's crap and I'm still dealing with it right now. Cause yeah, I like even it, how long have we been out Maddie? Like a year and a half now? Two years almost. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Holy this crap. So weird. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. Two years. It's really yeah. weird. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't. Cause yeah. it still feels so close. Okay. Clearly I'm like not that far away from how <laughs> Me either, baby. I'm I'm really just noticing that right now. Oh no, I need to hear you guys are okay, never mind. truly I in a great space. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I'm in a really good space, but like I still like remember it all and like oh, I mean yeah, yeah like I'm in a way better space. <laughs> that is yeah. like I want to reassure you though, like yeah. it, no no, I'm way better now. Like I was yeah. like, yeah. It's my nausea that's making me in a in a problem. I know Paige is going through like actual really like an annoying medical thing so, so yeah. I don't but besides that yes Ma- maddie would be a better representation of you know, <laughs> like, if you feel like <laughs> then then it is a lot better and hair comes back like you just start feeling more yourself in that sense yeah. i i i agree like 100 yeah. i'm still looked at i've had multiple times when people have been so what inspired your haircut? And I'm like, uh, totally. cancer? Yes. <laughs> like, so what do you want? <laughs> so <laughs> COVID. Yeah. Like, who I asks that? So <laughs> I, yeah. I inspired your haircut. That is such a. That is a yeah, really... I've gotten it oh, a ridiculous amount of times. I'm also. You say cancer? What do you oh, say? Oh, every time. I'm like, cancer. <laughs> What's the Just reaction? Their jaw, yeah. like, on the floor. And they're like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Just right. don't ask that then. That's a good cancer card one, even though it's not yes. a card. It's the truth. Yeah. Also, even if, like, you didn't have cancer, like, that's such a weird question. It is a right. weird I don't. I just wanted to, like... It's such yes. a question. It's almost as you're being insulted, like at that point of yeah, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Like why what? you did it. Yeah. Well, I'm to set the scene a little bit, I'm six one. So not only do I stand out in a crowd, but then you add the girl with before obviously the hairs come back, like full on bald. And let me tell you, I would walk in anywhere and people would be like what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this girl doing? <laughs> like, something is not okay here. And I am, so I would have like every magnifying glass binocular on me being like, this is a spectacle to oh see. God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice. <laughs> uh, wow. So that, wow, you were really tall. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm wow. very tall. <laughs> yeah. That's, and and you were an athlete, you were saying. So what sports did you, I don't know if you said it already. What sport no. did you do? Yeah, I was on the women's rowing team at UNC, which is D1 oh for that awesome. school. Dang, yeah, rowing's hard. Yeah, really fucking hard. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I attribute a lot of the ability to go through what I just went through with more ease than challenge because yeah. my rowing career really yeah, used to the, set me up. Yeah. yeah getting so through true. all that. So yeah. Yeah. yeah and you said your body was sore like all the time. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. pretty the the physical part 
for me, like symptoms were manageable. My nausea was yeah. bad for 72 hours and then it went away. There weren't, mm-hmm. like I would say in terms of like my body being able to go through it, I was able to face it without a ton of challenge. Mm-hmm. What was the most challenging was the mental component. And no one talks yeah. about that. No one gives you the support for that. And yeah. it took me doing, I had probably five or six things in my day that I completely changed Mm -hmm. to combat those mental issues. And I still do. And it's changed my life. Oh, what were they? Yeah. Do you mind going? No, not at all. So um, I think it's exactly five. So meditation is the Mm -hmm. first. I do it every morning. It's a non, these are all what I consider non-negotiables. Okay. Uh, my meditation, I exercise every day, whether, and when I say exercise, I consider it movement, whether it's a walk, yoga, or an intense workout. And I did these during treatment every day. This isn't now post-treatment. I started a vegetable garden and started cooking every single meal with fresh wow. vegetables and fruit. And oh God, not only dream. did it, it, is, it was a dream. I got to understand what my body wanted, the flavors behind it. I poured my energy into it. And then I actually started a nutrition class, which I'm still studying through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I did that. You did? Yeah, I'm a health health coach. (laughs) I was just going to say, you should be a health coach. And then I'm I'm in the middle of it too. Yeah, she just started yeah, I just started as well. Oh my, wow. We, I think we're all best friends. Oh my God. No, literally. How far are you, Nina? I had my halfway uh, exam two days ago. Awesome. Oh my God. I, did you love it? Cause it was, it changed my entire life. It's changed my life. I've yeah. never, I never knew this was the path until I started it. And I was yeah. like, yep, this yeah. is it. Oh my God. Because Maddie told me about it. So it wasn't such a coincidence. I did it. But then we didn't even talk about it. That's amazing. No, we didn't even talk about this. All natural content here, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We are not brand ambassadors. We (laughs) genuinely like this program. But we will be sponsored if they want, you know. Um, oh my god, Nina, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So okay, what are um, the other two? So the other two, so cooking slash nutrition, exercise, meditation, art. I really got oh. into doing art and oh, watercolors. And it was very therapeutic for me. I could kind of just express myself I'm not doing that as regularly so I wouldn't consider that my like hardcore non-negotiable and then the fifth is just being able to connect with people and Mm -hmm. that was daily phone calls facetimes it's seeing people it's being vulnerable and showing emotion and those things combined just Mm -hmm grew positivity from every cell in my body yeah oh that's amazing I really love that everybody should come up with their top three to five things that they need to do on a daily basis to keep them happy and yeah yeah good for you good for you that's huge yeah yeah 
actually I'm interested in um, the meditation piece. Mm. What platform, like do you use an app or like, how do you go about that? So I started meditating before I was diagnosed, which was such a bizarre, like I started in January and it basically oh. like prepared me for this because yeah. I was already very consistent with it and interested. But um, the week I was diagnosed, my both my parents are extremely um, well-versed in meditation. They do it every day. They've been doing it for five years. So it's been in my oh family. My yeah. And there was a 13-week course happening with two practitioners, mm-hmm. uh, Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. And it was intro and basics into meditation. And I took it and... It was just everything I needed. It was a daily routine. I had a structure and a foundation to learn more of the skills. And now my meditation practice has really evolved from having that foundation and being comfortable with certain parts of it that, I mean, it's a practice for the rest of your life. You never nail it, which is kind of nice to just, there's no expectation. Yeah. Yeah just for you so you're not ever doing it wrong and there's days where I'm like fuck this I'm out yeah. <laughs> like I'll yeah. be in it for five minutes and be like I'm not happy so I'm not doing yeah. this but I put my seat you try. down and right. I if it's not perfect it's okay but I put my butt down first thing I wake up pee meditate wow oh, wow oh I Good really, I, I've been saying for like so long that I really want to start meditating every day. For some reason, it's so hard. It's, I think everyone yeah. feels that way. It's so hard it to start. I, I started um, the Headspace app like a couple months ago and I was doing it like every day for 10 days. And then once you get out of the practice of it, like you go down the rabbit hole of like just losing it completely, I feel like. So yeah. staying is truly key so that's great you have a time also like you get up like you said pee and then do it um you block that out okay yeah now this is inspiring me to get it back in i know me too wait what was the what was the course you said yeah so it's through a program called sounds true and they have kind of webinars and multi-week or month um virtual sessions that you can join and it's not cheap um Uh do I think it's worth it a hundred percent invest in yourself but it's not every it's not like oh you can sign up and it's in your inbox there's time frames so um, you join with a group and they put you in a community of people and Mm -hmm. I actually really like that because if it's just a virtual thing you get sent you're not as accountable as you know that this is live and these are coming out per week and there are people discussing the topic that is currently present rather than this like I need to self-motivate to do this right yeah I actually love that because I need accountability for for sure yeah yeah it's really not I tried to do a challenge during like COVID there was like a challenge going around and I lasted like seven days yeah I think, yeah, Sorry. the second day mark, I was out. So. Yeah. yeah. It's on that. so, but I'm so not easy. Up. Yeah. Um, another 
amazing free resource is tarabrock.com. She's one of mm. probably, so she practices a loving kindness meditation, which for me was the most resonating practice. And it just talks about loving yourself, love, loving others and healing from kindness rather than just let's calm the mind. It's let's yeah. love ourselves. And she has on her website, 22 pages. Each page has probably 15 free meditations ranging wow. from five minutes to 25 minutes, mm-hmm. all on different topics. And it's a guided meditation. So you never, I can't meditate by myself. Like I got, yeah. I have a guide every time and mm-hmm. that's totally normal and fine. So using someone who you understand their tone of voice and what they're saying and a similar routine on how you get into it is another Mm -hmm. way to be consistent. So use her and just look at her website because it's phenomenal. Wow. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing information with us, Nina. Like you said, I feel like we're like the three bestie musketeers now. Seriously. We are talking a lot that we all feel very similarly about and have yeah. also done, such as the nutrition course. This I is- know, that's amazing. Yeah, so what's oh, your plan? I mean, maybe are you planning on becoming a health coach and going down that road or you don't know yet? I don't know yet. Um, yeah. I have a full-time job right now, which is pretty demanding. So balancing okay. both. I'm in the accelerated program and full time, and oh, it's wow. tough. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is a lot. But I love it, and it's a yeah. passion, and I want to filter it into a full time job. But I don't know if becoming only a health co- coach is right now where I'm at. Yeah, right. That's well, fair. either doing the course is just like incredible. Yeah, good on its own. So that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah good for you. I love it. So Nina on three days. I'm like literally. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, sending all the positive energy possible. Yeah. And please let us know what happened. I will. I will. Yeah. It's um, I sometimes I was I was wondering whether to share. I don't think I'm going to share this on social media because I usually from all of my TikToks, like I share scans coming up or today's the day, and I feel this pressure to be like, this is what's happening or. And I kind of wanted, this is my first, like, I'm actually doing this in secret, not secret, but because I just feel this spotlight has actually taken on a lot of energy out rather than put it back in. And if God forbid, it's not good news, like explaining that to 200,000 people is not really fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Just Absolutely. don't feel any yeah. pressure. No, yeah, Keep it to your, none. like, yeah, do what you got to do. I wouldn't even. There's yeah. Absolutely Think none. This it. is your yeah. journey. So you decide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're welcome back anytime. We'd love to hear. Yes. Next and where you're at. Um, yeah. So please keep in touch, Nina. I will. Well, honestly, you guys, if there is. If you ever want me on, I will be there. This has been you just as, if not probably more helpful for me, just hearing what you guys have shared. I mean, my peace of mind coming into this call was very different than it is leaving. And that is massive. 
Oh, good. We're so happy and we'd love to have you on again. Like we obviously need a, we need a chemo brain. I can't think of. Exactly. Follow up. Up. La, la, la. <laughs> follow up. Follow up. There we go. I say follow up literally every day, 300 times a day. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> we need a follow up for no, sure. Yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, thank you, Nina. Okay. We're thinking of you, and we are going to reach out in three days. And that's amazing. We'll be right there. Oh, you guys, thank you. Thank you for having this platform and for being able to speak to people on the more dark and undiscussed topics because it's not talked about. And I just commend you both for allowing people to have a safe space to talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. Talk to you soon. You're amazing. You are. Okay. You're awesome. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollock, sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories. 